Monday. It's May 13th. And the word of the day is infantilized. Used in a sentence by the president, the Kentucky Derby didn't (laughs) let the front runner who cheated get away with the victory. And that's because society has become infantilized by politically correct culture. That made no sense. I'm a crazy person. What's this red button? (laughs) (laughs) Circus music starts to play. Okay, where's Bizarro Superman? Come on. (laughs) But no, I I mean, I can see why some people would have more sympathy with a cheating horse's ass than others. (laughs) Anyway, I'm no illusions. I'm Elon Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Jacob Wool runs into a wall he painted a tunnel onto. Eli's <laughs> <laughs> so gross poor person character will become official school policy in Rhode Island. <laughs> and Donald Trump tries weirdly hard to hide a 450-page essay about how innocent he is. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Uh, Eli, you're back from a trip. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and give us the best part of the Rome trip? Go. Uh, sneaking into the Globe Theater with my wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. That must have been fun. Bad. Helps be a stupid Not American. Bad. And uh, Noah, you also had a, a very fun week. What was the best part of hosting your parents at your house for a week? <laughs> go. Um. <laughs> My dad said he's going to start listening to the show now, so uh, <laughs> getting to see exactly as much of Sweden as Eli did on his trip. <laughs> I was Sweden, Eli. Eli, Eli Heath asked you about Rome. He didn't ask you about That was the other half of your trip, right, Sweden? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the news of the world in 2019. That'll let's be fun. Do it. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Good All news right. coming down. <laughs> Starting with the U.S. in our lead story tonight. I paid more taxes in the early 90s than Donald Trump. Yes, you Right, did. yes. That's a factual yeah. statement. I was a teenager working for minimum wage on the grounds crew at the Little League field, getting hit in the face by rakes that I stepped on, getting knocked out. And Donald Trump was a New York City real estate mogul doing his best to avoid letting black people into his buildings. That's what was happening in each of our lives and I paid infinity times more taxes during that yep. period. Yep. You I did. was a toddler whose parents paid sales tax, so ditto. Fun fact. Pretty sure pretty <laughs> sure he did pay sales tax. I have to ask Heath, is the is the rakes thing, is that just a humorous addition or is that a real That is I once that? really Excellent. cartoon stepped on a rake. <laughs> it hit me in the face at full speed. I was knocked out for a certain amount of time. I don't know exactly what that amount of time was. Yeah. That really happened. Thanks woke for sharing. Up, woke yeah. up on the green. Oh, like the cartoon. See, yeah, um, you can uh, you this. can see how it is that he can do 2019 headlines now, right? <laughs> yeah. He's been training for this since he was a kid. Yeah. Also, the grounds crew is at a Little League field. Baseball doesn't have a green, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> does? Where the, there the, is a grass, the which is the color green. Monsters. Yeah. Is the gr- green and there is therefore the green. I didn't say anything. Yeah, you, you, you that. can't really fall onto the green monster. That's Incorrect. vertical. <laughs> um, it's fine. Past participle. <laughs> Idiot. <So. laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> we were talking about gerunds earlier and present participles. Um, they're different. Everybody look it up. Jesus Christ. Get that right. <laughs> so moving on. Here's the rest of the story. Um, even after getting all those withholdings back in my refund as a kid, I'm serious about this. 
even after I got that all back, Donald Trump and I both paid zero dollars in taxes for the entire first half of the 90s. We tied on that. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but then I went ahead and did not declare any bankruptcies or, you know, encourage any Nazis. So I guess I win if we're you know deciding who wins. At life, yes. Yeah. If, if it's you versus Trump, yeah. yes. Yeah. I win. And honestly, so does everyone else. Uh, according to his tax information from 1985 through 1994 that was uncovered by the New York Times last week, Donald Trump may have been literally the single worst business person in America during the course of that decade. The total was $1.17 billion that he lost. Jesus. That's okay. That's a thousand million dollars that he lost. <laughs> But then he lost another $170 million, just to be clear. That's it's a very large number. I, I feel like that's not understood. And, and let's keep in mind that he was running casinos. He was yeah. the house, and he was losing $1.17 billion. More than any other American, yes. And we should point out that Trump's counterargument to this is... No, I was committing tax fraud, damn it. Yep, I'm not a loser. Yep. I'm a criminal. That's his yeah. counter. <laughs> and, and by the way, future historians, if you're listening in archives, I'm not a loser. I'm a criminal would be a perfect title for your book about the Trump administration. Pending, sorry. <laughs> so that. so uh, on top of demonstrating that we elected a victory outsider to be leader of the country. <laughs> we also got further confirmation that Trump's business career is a giant ball of lying and bailouts from dad. Until this story came out, lots of people were assuming that Trump was filing lawsuits against all the banks who handled his money to keep all his information a secret because, you know, he didn't want to be braggy. Right, <laughs> yeah. But now, no, that's what I thought. if those people are capable of reading an entire article, uh, that's the big paragraphy part after the headline everybody <laughs> um if they were willing to read an entire article they'll find out that trump couldn't even make money by cheating one major <laughs> example was his corporate raider uh pump fake scheme it wasn't really a corporate raider scheme he faked at it trump mm -hmm. would buy a bunch of shares of a company like a corporate raider would do and then publicly hint at the idea of taking over majority ownership watch the stock price rise because he had a stupidly good business reputation at the time and then he'd sell his shares for a profit without ever actually taking over the company but despite being pretty much a foolproof plan trump managed to fuck this up too by crying wolf of wall street too many times and he eventually lost pretty much all the money he made on that scam because he's a victory wow. outsiders. The New York Times are just like turns out president trump is the only person to ever lose money on a cd <laughs> uh, not sure how that works, buddy. You did it. All right, locked in at negative two percent. Damn it! Oh, oh. stupid. You said negative. I said ne ah. No deal. Uh, I would like to be president soon. Okay. Uh, also, uh, by the way, his entire business career would not even exist if Trump wasn't handed the equivalent of about five hundred million dollars in today's money by his literal Nazi father. That's yeah. the figure. Right. What, what we're saying is Trump has the same backstory as the Catholic Church in all the worst ways. <laughs> yep. And uh, while Trump was losing millions of dollars every year, for example, about $100 million in losses for 1986, during that time, he was also paying someone to ghostwrite 
the art of the deal about his big secrets to financial success that he wasn't having. Um, spoiler, secret number one was not shoot yourself in the face and you'll make at least a hundred million more than I did last year. Nonetheless, Trump's book became a bestseller because the Dunning-Kruger effect came to life as a single person. He's like the Ultron of being bad at everything. And honestly, so are the people who made the art of the deal into a bestseller yeah. and made Donald Trump into a president of the United States. The Dunning-Kruger effect came to life as an entire country, too. We, yes. we have both. We're the best. Okay, but to be fair, we couldn't be more perfectly reaping what we sow as a country, yes. right? Like, like, we have the worst fake economic system imaginable, and we elected its insane fake star to lead us. It's perfect. Yeah, well, I agree <laughs> with the sentiment, but I've got some Venezuelans on the line that like to quibble with your choice of economic superlatives, <laughs> You don't have to make up countries, Noah. Nobody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows Venezuela isn't real. Thomas Piketty. So, despite I mean, all this new information, thing? it's called the Vavuza. <laughs> Vavuza. Eli tried to Google that earlier and came up with uh, a country bananas and then a, a, a dessert. <laughs> yeah, I think he got bananas foster somehow. Anyway, uh, despite all this new information, we are far from having the full picture about Trump's finances. Um, like the picture we got from every single other president. But there is a beautiful little detail that Trump and his people overlooked when they planned out this giant cover-up. They forgot that Donald Trump is the most hated resident of New York in the history of all things new and all things York. So <laughs> they didn't consider that the New York legislature could very easily pass a bill that lets the state release any New York tax records that might be requested by Congress. And that's exactly what New York just did. And apropos of nothing, they also passed a bill that says federal pardons don't get you out of New York crimes. And I'm just, I'm so <laughs> proud of my state. Right? Ah, uh, yes, the duck funneled Trump bill. <laughs> that's exactly what we just did. It's the best. Yep. And speaking of New York being the best, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, The New Yorker. And then you say, I've been up all night wondering if there's a dog, right? I don't get it. Uh, oh, that's okay. It's, it's a footnote. It's in oh. a footnote. So, Hey, guys. Uh, what you doing? Oh, Heath's helping me smarten up the show so we can do ads for The New Yorker. Uh-uh-uh. Do uh, sorry. He's helping me make our show culturally, culturally aware, aware and at the level, the of, level our sponsor. of our sponsor. Uh, yes. Guys, guys, look, the New Yorker isn't some stuffy, highbrow, indecipherable rag. They represent the best writing in America today. Beyond publishing the best writers in the world, the New Yorker holds people in power accountable through rigorous reporting and compelling storytelling. I thought it was like if Fraser Crane wrote stuff... And then Niles Crane read it. I thought that's no, no, no. The New Yorker has something for everybody. They've got Helen Rosner, a James Beard Award-winning food writer who joined the New Yorker as a roving food correspondent in 2018, contributing essays and reported stories on all things gastronomic. I like food. And Eli, they've got their famous caption contest for you. Me, me, more like fish new, not 
Not good. No. No, no, but you tried. Oh, but mean. here's the best part. Right now, you get 12 weeks for just $6. Regularly, that'd be 12 bucks plus the New Yorker tote bag. That's home delivery of the print edition each week. Unlimited access to NewYorker.com with 10 to 15 exclusive site-only stories every day. Access to their apps, online archives, crossword puzzles, and more. Wow, that's super affordable. You bet it is. To get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6, plus the exclusive tote, go to newyorker.com slash skeptocrat. Again, listeners save 50% when they enter skeptocrat. All right, I'm sold. But can I go ahead and finish my David Foster Wallace joke? It's pretty sweet. Oh, sure. Okay. So in retrospect, Wallace's work is less about revolution and more about the personal revelation brought on by privilege and selfishness. Is it not? I... I don't get it. Yeah, neither does he. So, Okay, like four people are going to get that joke. Thank you. Right? Is The joke is the water. We don't even know it's here. <laughs> Thank you, David Foster Wallace, <laughs> for teaching us all about a water. regression... From post-futurism and in late-stage <laughs> capitalism, staged this heartwarming news tonight. Warwick Public Schools found themselves in a sticky situation this week. Wait for it. When they announced that students with outstanding lunch debt would receive a single sunflower nut and jelly sandwich until their ha. lunch debt was paid. Those are sticky things. Thank you. Jelly. Because, quote, the poor don't rise up and kill people anymore. <laughs> Okay, but just to be clear, if a kid can't afford school lunch, the lunch debt is owed to the kid by capitalism and society. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Honestly, yeah. Also, what the fuck is a sunflower nut and why is it capitalized in your notes? <laughs> Save yourself, Noah. You don't want to go down that road. <laughs> well, why is it capitalized in Eli's notes? That well, is. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. No. So is jelly also, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Proper name. Well, <laughs> come on. Proper thing to call well, it. Earl of Sandwich should be capitalized too. Why didn't you? Thank you. <laughs> Marmalade? Nope. Well, luckily for kids too poor not to be publicly punished and shamed, yogurt company Chobani stepped in and paid the full debt, which is very nice. And yeah. also totally not a solution. No. <laughs> no. No. Also, they didn't even pay the full debt. No, they didn't. Perfectly <laughs> yes. honest. <laughs> they donated about 60% of the total lunch debt, like 47 grand out of 77, something like that. And this is for one school district in the entire country and world out of about 15,000 in the country. So capitalism just needs to, you know, create about 14,999 more equally generous yogurt companies. And <laughs> we're all set. Well, and for, for them all to be about 67% more profitable, yeah, each but, and every one of those. Yeah. Right. Buy more yogurt is the solution. Or, and I know this is crazy, uh, but we could consider eating food to be at least as vital a part of education as, say, diagramming a goddamn sentence or dividing a fraction and just roll it into the ticket price. Right. <laughs> right. Noted. Um, also, this doesn't stop kids from getting in future debt. Like, nope doesn't deal with poverty so widespread that as of last April, Rhode Island faced over $300,000 in student lunch debt. And it 
and doesn't deal with policies like the one Warwick Public Schools instituted, which are, in fact, so widespread that lawmakers had to pass a law in 2017 making it illegal to publicize a student's lunch debt by making them wear a punishment sticker or bracelet. Jesus! Hey, hey, just, we didn't think we'd have to make a rule, but no Holocaust (laughs) flair at school. Based on Um, lunch debt. Felt like that was obvious, but now it's a rule. Good. Still, you know, if you don't have stitches... Good on Chubani for providing the Band-Aid, I guess. I just, I'm, I'm seeing a future where the kids graduate with lunch debt they can't uh, pay even before they start college. Oh, Liz Warren's going to fix that. We're all on, good. Can't Liz. give you those credits, Timmy. <laughs> you just needed a bag of chips, didn't you? <laughs> And in Ukraine technique news tonight, Phenomenal. amid growing fears, thank you, amid growing fears that Trump might be corrupt enough to use the apparatus of the U.S. government to go after his political rivals, the administration sought to allay those concerns by using the apparatus of the Ukrainian government to do it, you see. <laughs> so the story began on Thursday when Trump's personal attorney and angry water balloon Rudy Giuliani announced that he was planning a trip to Ukraine to urge that country's incoming president to dig up dirt on Joe Biden and discredit the Mueller investigation. Sounds familiar. When asked why the fuck he would freely admit that, he defended the action to the New York Times by saying, quote, real quote, we're not meddling in an election, we're meddling in an investigation, end quote. (laughs) Adding... I'm the penguin from Batman now. Whack, whack, yeah. whack, whack, whack. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, we're going to discredit the Mueller investigation by doing the thing that Mueller investigated. Um, but we moved over an entire country. We're over an yeah, entire right, exactly. nation. We moved everything's yeah, we're west, to the left. closer to America. Closer to America. <laughs> yeah, so as bad as... We're obstructing justice, not democracy is in terms of excuses. It's also a lie that was directly contradicted by Giuliani's announcement. (laughs) During his announcement, he starts talking about the incredibly vague allegations against Biden's son who served on the board of a Ukrainian gas company in 2014. Then he goes into that weird, excited kid who has to pee but wants to finish telling you the story anyway bounce that he does. And he said, (laughs) quote, This is a big story. It's a dramatic story. I guarantee you, Joe Biden will not get to election day without this being investigated, end quote. (laughs) And you can read all about that stin on Giuliani's website, (laughs) g20.in. Okay, guys, we got to be careful. I don't want there to be a reason for people not to like Joe Biden, and this could (laughs) be the beginning of it. All right, so now this is a weird fucking story for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that Ukraine's incoming president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is a late-night comedian whose only previous political experience is literally playing the Ukrainian president on TV, which people in other countries get to laugh at non-hypocritically, I guess. <laughs> oh, so if we could have Jebediah Bartlett. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's... John Stewart so should have run. Better. Yeah, maybe not Martin Sheen, but... So I guess when his team hears that Giuliani's coming to prod him into taking sides in the upcoming U.S. election, uh, he gives a very clear fuck off, which is convenient because everybody in America was kind of already saying fuck off, so it just rolled right in with the rhythm. Um, so apparently surprised that there was a universal backlash to... I'm going to go make sure the Russian puppet state is still investigating Democratic candidates in the U.S. Giuliani ultimately canceled the planned trip and then probably just called them on the phone <laughs> or something. 
I want to, I want to start fucking with Giuliani, just trying to like trick him into tweeting our website or something. Try to get him to say a oh. sentence that like ends in scathing atheist and starts in the word calm. Or yeah, <laughs> if I can get Giuliani to tweet our website by the end of 2019, what do I get? Andrew will play Twister with you. I yeah. will give you one blowjob. Deal. All right. Well, clearly we have some contracts to draw up, so we're going to pause for a quick word from our brand new sponsor that I'm crazy excited about this week, The Great Courses Plus. Ooh. Great course. GCP? Mostly about sandpaper. What? Course. Hello and welcome to Typical Online Educational Buying Experience. I'm Justin. Can I help you? Um, actually, I, I, I appreciate the effort, but I don't think we need silly voices or anything to promote this one, Eli. Um, I have to go get my manager. Hi, I'm Tony D. I run this establishment. I hear you got some sort of problem with the voices we use. No, no not, not a problem. It's just that we're doing an ad for the great courses, and I've been selling people on their streaming service way before anybody thought of paying us to do it. They make it possible to learn from the brightest minds out there with unique, reliable perspectives on just about any topic, like privacy and national security, the history of religion and violence, health risks in our environment, and so much more. Yeah, I'm, I'm crunch biggins and i agree there's no better way to pump up your brain than the great courses eli your mouth hurts for like a week when you do the crunch biggins voice and you don't have to the great courses plus already offers unlimited access to thousands of fascinating lectures that you can watch or listen to anytime anywhere from any device okay but what kind of courses do they have baby Well, today, we're recommending the course that got me addicted in the first place, The Skeptic's Guide to American History. It was the first Great Courses lecture series I ever listened to, and by the second lecture, I knew I was hooked. Professor Mark Stoller takes a look at some of the central themes of American history and challenges the simple myths and lazy perspectives a lot of us still have clinging on from high school. Okay, but, uh, what if I don't care about American history? At two, Heath... Well, The Great Courses Plus offers a wide variety of topics, including physics, biology, linguistics, astronomy, political science, economics, literature, musical theory, art history, theology, philosophy, anything you might want to learn. I've already been through more than 50 of their courses, and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. All right, Noah, you can stop drilling because you've hit oil. How do I sign up? I'm sorry, did you loop back around to Tony D? I am called the Puckapackacon. Listen to the nuances. We're very Okay, different. well, right now, The Great <laughs> Courses Plus is offering our listeners this special limited-time offer. You can get a full free month of unlimited access to their entire library. Learn from brilliant minds like Robert M. Hazen, John McWhorter, and Stephen Novella for free for an entire month. You just have to sign up by using our special URL, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. Wait, to start my free month? Gaw. I just need to sign up at thegreatcourses.com slash skeptocrat? Gaw? That's right. Thegreatcourses.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses. So good, we don't even need one of Eli's four voices to talk about it. Drop sessions, five. Oh, I, I knew there was a... Yeah, right, right. No, there was... there was a, I knew I was forgetting one. Six if your count's normal. <laughs> Se- seven if you count that Crunch Biggins and Nick Cage are the same person. <laughs> Shh, you're ruining the magic. <laughs> and we are back. 
Next up in headlines, pro-Trump political operative and self-proclaimed boy genius Jacob Wohl has a pretty serious Flowers for Algernon thing going on right now <laughs> in his adulthood. It is delightful to watch as he somehow becomes more and more stupid in this impossible escalating series of abject failures. He's okay, just, okay. It's a wrong analogy. The mouse never get this dumb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, this tragic farce, it's not tragic. It's delightful. We get to watch it. It's the best. And we got the latest topper last week when Jay Woe tried to frame Pete Buttigieg for sexual assault, got caught trying to pay off false accusers to do that, Again. Wait, there's more. Called a press conference to lie about it some more. Made up a fake protest against himself. Jesus yep. Christ. And then got caught doing that too. He's like if Wiley Coyote didn't have Roadrunner. Right? Like if Wiley Coyote just set up a bomb and blew himself up over and over. I would love that show. Except, though, that at least Wiley Coyote has the decency to fail at different shit every time, right? <laughs> Jacob Wall is like just a rerun of himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, just in case anyone's not familiar, here's a little background on Jacob Wall. Uh, things were going great for him as a kid, allegedly a super genius child prodigy kid. But then he got kicked out of Slytherin House for, quote, <laughs> that upper lip thing, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yes, and sir. That's when everything started going downhill. For example, you might remember him as the guy who got caught trying to frame Robert Mueller for sexual assault last year. And it was especially easy to catch him because the fake espionage company that he was using for the operation <laughs> listed a phone number that went to his mom's voicemail. <laughs> and then the accuser was his girlfriend. But then it turned out it was just a girl in an airport who he had asked to take a picture with for no reason. We're not sure if yes. she's just denying their relationship or if he... Ha Either way, it's amazing. It right. all turns out matter. amazing. Every yep. Jacob Wall story is amazing. It's a fractal of stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this time around, Wall had a fake accuser come forward with allegations against Mayor Pete. But this person immediately recanted and explained how Wool was doing the exact same scam again. Also, a different person that Wool approached was immediately like, hey, you're Jacob Wool, the idiot who keeps trying to pay off fake accusers. You're asking me to do that. Now I'm calling the cops. So Wool and his GOP lobbyist sidekick, Jack Berkman, called their little press conference to explain themselves and to present video evidence of the accusation that everyone already knew was a fake. And even if that evidence was not stupid and meaningless, nobody would have heard it because the press conference was held in Berkman's driveway and <laughs> the entire thing was drowned out by the sound of garbage trucks. It was oh, the best. Amazing. Fellas, can that wait until... Uh, it's 8 a.m. Fuck you. We got a job to do. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Is my fly zipped this time? <laughs> this time it is. You win. Yep. That was their big victory. And uh, here's my favorite part. For whatever reason, Wool and Berkman set up a fake protest against their own meaningless press conference again. Yes. And apparently they thought back to the attempted Mueller smearing operation and they decided the only problem with that 
was the phone number slip up. So this time they set up their fake thing with an email address instead of a phone number. And the email address they went with was <laughs> wolfthinktank at gmail.com. <laughs> and for the Eventbrite event, he set up an Eventbrite protest against himself. <laughs> yep. And then he fucking invited people. He like emailed Antifa at Antifa.com an invite <laughs> to a protest he eventbrited against himself. Amazing. I love that he's <laughs> 0 for 2. <laughs> I also love that he's 0 for 2 on even getting to the point where he makes the fake allegation before it unravels. Right? He hasn't even gotten that far. Keep going, Jake. You'll get you'll get it or be imprisoned eventually, I hope. How is he not in prison? I don't How? know. He's going to call a press conference from inside a cell and then just be like, ah, oh, shit. That's that's on me. That was dumb. My character looks at Jacob Bull and is like, okay, come on. You're going to go. <laughs> and uh, one final detail on this. It looks like Wool and Berkman might have actually kidnapped their fake accuser. Maybe. Who, who claims he had to trick those two to escape Berkman's house. That he was what? being sort of imprisoned at. Um, in fairness, a, a laser pointer on the wall would have had Wool and Berkman diving through a wall into the next room, <laughs> tackling each other. But you're still not allowed to kidnap people, even if you're impossibly stupid and easy to trick. You can't do that anyway. But Wool is pretty sure that kidnapping law has a bunch of loopholes, including, this is amazing... The Starbucks caramel frappuccino loophole to what? kidnapping I he thinks listening. exists. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I didn't make that up. That's not something I just made up. Wool responded to the kidnapping allegation by pointing out that they bought the guy frappuccinos so it doesn't count. <laughs> Seriously, he said that. Uh, look, if buying someone frappuccinos turns out to be a loophole, I'm taking this thing off my ankle right the fuck now. Yeah. So let's... <laughs> I'm really nervous about the number of caramel frappuccinos that you've bought my wife at look, this point. I'm sorry for investing in the future. <laughs> and in Dick DeFollow news tonight, comedian Nick DePaulo unveiled his brand new comedy special, <laughs> A Breath of Fresh Air, this week. Reminding Americans everywhere that George Carlin is dead and Nick DiPaolo is alive. Yeah, but uh, he's alive in the sense that that tree nobody's near f is felled. Sure, sure. That's fair. Now, <laughs> Nick DiPaolo dies in the woods, I don't care. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, you're probably asking yourself, who's Nick DiPaolo? And that makes sense because that's actually what Google fills in when you type the word who. So, yeah, he's the guy you saw on a couple episodes of Louie, you think, or, or if you live in the middle of nowhere, you saw him angrily middling in the only comedy club in your town for a week anytime over the last 20 years. He's like a less charming Dennis Miller. And his new special is what you imagine Ben Shapiro mumbles on the toilet when he has food poisoning from an Indian place. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's just 60 minutes of Nick DiPaolo mumbling. You are Ben Shapiro. You are Ben fucking Shapiro. You're Ben Shapiro. It was experimental. It was pretty out there. It was yeah. pretty out there. He was pushing the envelope. I got to give him He's that. Guy. Uh, a Breath of Fresh Air, which was released on YouTube because it was, quote, 
labeled too dangerous for Netflix and too honest for Comedy Central, end real quote, <laughs> uh, is how I'm labeling all of my failures from now on forever. Yeah, I mean, dude, like Netflix is doing a show about health with Gwyneth Paltrow. Nothing is too dangerous for them. Make that the too honest next time. That's a low bar to clear. Exactly. (laughs) However, the special's release was not without controversy. In a desperate effort to remain relevant, the cover art DePaulo chose was him flipping off a group of social justice warriors. Or not, quote, Women and, and black people. They're all yep. women and people of color. Problem is, one of those people in the photo is Muhudin Moye, a Black Lives Matter activist who was killed last year. And that is perfect. Like, giving the finger to a dead civil rights activist because you were just Googling angry black guy in your last desperate attempt at relevance before you collapse into your own asshole is honestly what DePaulo should have called the special. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe it's too wordy. I guess I'm going to die angry alone and convinced it's everyone's fault, but mine was taken. So, you know. Yeah. I blame me. I told you not to park that website for so long. I I buy (laughs) DonaldTrumpDrivesOnTheGreen.com. (laughs) And finally tonight, in garden variety pardon anxiety news, Trump elected to grant executive clemency to another evil person that already wasn't really being punished for his crimes again last week. He understands how this process works. (laughs) So this time it came in the form of a murderer by the name of Michael Behenna, a former Army First Lieutenant from Oklahoma, who was convicted of killing an Iraqi prisoner in 2009. Now, Behenna claimed during the court-martial that he was acting in self-defense, but the fact that the prisoner was, like, naked at the time of the murder undercut that a bit. Yeah. Well, did it? Um, I mean, naked man attacked me is pretty much the most believable thing in all of history. (laughs) Is it? Really? Well, well, I I feel like the armed soldier would still have some non-fatal options. Maybe that's just perhaps. Um, But (laughs) also adding to the skepticism was the fact that Behenna vocally blamed said prisoner for a roadside bombing that killed members of a platoon under his command. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do the Inigo Montoya speech for a big crowd before you commit a war crime. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's right. We recommend against that here at Skeptic. Anyway, (laughs) going to take this guy I just blamed for a. Bombing my friends under this bridge with this grenade now. Don't worry about it. We're just going to go for a walk. All right. So initially he was sentenced to 25 years in prison, uh, but he was released on parole in 2014. Uh, However, arguing that, you know, he was super sorry and he really only killed a brown person that didn't love Jesus. A number of prominent Oklahoma politicians started to push for Behenna's pardon. And that sentence is surprising for a lot of reasons, most notably the inclusion of both Oklahoma and prominent right next to each other. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma has a prominent blank. That is Mm. tricky. Uh, I'm pretty sure the only answer is city bombing. Correct. (laughs) Oklahoma has a prominent city bombing. All right. Sorry. Uh, if if you that's a test. You don't get senators. If you're if you, the only way to solve that blank is city bombing, you don't get two senators. That's 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 a new fair. Rule. That's fair. All right. So this makes a total of eight people that Trump has granted uh, granted pardons to so far. But this is his first foray into murderers. Up till now, the list includes Joe Arpaio, evil guy who hadn't started being punished yet. 
Uh, of course, we all remember Trump's first foray into clemency in his entire life. Uh, he decided to test out his newfound superpower on a guy who stood accused of contempt of court for failing to shutter the Mexican concentration camp he was running in his backyard. Yeah, new power, just dial it straight to 11. Just like, all right, might as well test this thing. Who's the Himmler of 2017? Yeah. <laughs> gonna, gonna pardon him for genocide. See how, how, how far I can cast this new power. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so pardon number two was to uh, Christian Saucer. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, probably non-evil guy. Maybe Saucier, slightly maybe. evil guy who wasn't being punished. Uh, a lot of people want to miss this one, but this was a Navy petty officer that was con convicted of retention of national defense information and sentenced to a year in prison after he brought his cell phone aboard a nuclear submarine already against Seems the law. Like shouldn't do that, yeah. Nope, uh, they have rules. And then he took pictures of a bunch of the nuclear bits at four in the morning and shit. Just doing selfies with like a reactor? What the fuck? Yeah, more or less, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, and then he first came to Trump's attention when he argued during his sentencing that what he did was a lot like what Hillary did in that email scandal and she didn't have to go to jail, so he shouldn't have to either. So well after he was out of jail, Trump pardoned him for being such a useful rhetorical device during his campaign. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he pardoned Hillary for murdering all those people, too. It's the same right, idea. Right, at that right. pizza place, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, almost certainly a spy. And, you know, folks got to stick together. So I get why Trump pardoned him, right? Yeah, He's like, right. Uh, He's a big <laughs> You're a, a spy that fan. got caught, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. Not all a right, spy. So, uh, I like spies three. who don't get caught, whatever. <laughs> if you get pardoned, it's the same as not getting caught. Um, so number three... <laughs> Oh, we have Lewis Scooter Libby, evil guy who wasn't being punished. Uh, of course, you'll recall Scooter Libby from when he outed an undercover U.S. operative because Dick Cheney wanted revenge against her husband for hesitating to go along with a bullshit Saddam Hussein bought uranium cover story that prompted the Iraq war. Huh. Uh, now, Libby was initially sentenced to 30 months in prison, two years of probation, and a quarter million dollars in fines, but that sentence had already been commuted by George W. back in 2007. So... This was just one-upsmanship, I think. <laughs> I feel like you should go back to jail if you get pardoned twice. That should yeah, be a right. rule. Like, double if they fuck it up, it's thing. like calling yeah. a timeout when you're out of timeouts. Like, you're back in jail. No. Yeah. Or you get to commit another crime as a free me. I don't know. That, well, that actually may be Trump's interpretation. All right, wait, here's a good one. Um, the, uh, Jack Johnson, non-evil guy who wasn't being punished because he'd been dead for a long time. Um, actual good use of the power here, even though it's symbolic. Jack Johnson was a boxer accused of being black in 1920 and sentenced to a year in prison. But he was, though. No, he, <laughs> he was guilty, though. Um, okay, we're done with good people. Um, Dinesh D'Souza was the next up, evil guy who was being punished. Uh, Dinesh, don't call me Penfold D'Souza, believing guilty in 2014 of making illegal campaign contributions. But Trump's a big fan of illegal campaign contribution. So he issued a pardon uh, and D'Souza has reciprocated with a series of hastily assembled documentaries about how Donald Trump is a warrior poet messiah. <laughs> he also promised Trump an early spring. So because <laughs> he's a gopher. He's Wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. He's a groundhog. There's more. He looks exactly um, like a groundhog. Yeah, groundhog is what we were going for. Yeah. Um, also, uh, th this is a twofer. Uh, Dwight and Stephen Hammond, uh, just shy of evil guys, maybe who were being punished. Um, this is that father and son pair that were sentenced to five years in prison for arson after setting fire to federal land because of a dispute that ultimately led to the occupation of the Malheur 
uh, National Wildlife Refuge and that precipitous but short-lived spike in the stock value of the company that makes gummy dicks. Uh, important note, call. these are the guys who were like, we're declaring a civil war, then shot at government agents and survived exclusively based on the magic powers of whiteness. <laughs> All but one of them was white enough to survive. Yeah. So and and then of course, uh, last but not least, you have Michael Behenna, evil guy who wasn't really being punished because they'd already uh, paroled him. But uh, he's the aforementioned soldier dude that killed the naked guy who was holding his dick in a threatening manner, right? Or whatever. Or you know, in shorthand, war criminal. We're war out of criminal. exaggerations, <laughs> folks. We're done. If you can think of worse stuff than what Trump has already done, please email us so we can continue the skeptocrat raw. <laughs> yeah. Wow and. <laughs> And you're saying all that before I tell you that Trump, after the pardon, invited Behenna to a White House dinner. It was last on my list. Um, Never play terrible things Scrabble with Noah. It's the worst. Real thing. (laughs) How do you think he was holding his dick, by the way? What do you think the threatening manner was? I I think he was spinning, doing the spin. Helicopter dance? Helicopter Helicopter dance is is up there on the threatening scale. That's pretty threatening, yeah. Maybe the bat wing. I think he was sounding with his pinky. What? That could have been it. Um, I, I should point out, by the way, that he also has a couple of commutations under his belt. And if you add all of those, uh, you do find one single instance of him using that power for a genuinely good thing. Uh, so if you want clemency from Trump, your options are either be an evil guy who isn't being punished or get Kim Kardashian's attention, apparently. Nice. <laughs> if I can get Kim Kardashian to tweet our website by the end of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I will give Kim Kardashian a blowjob deal. There it is. And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to make it clear to Kim that she can use that blowjob on any dude she wants, right? She can. It's a gift that you can then give away. Nice. So, so if it's you like a coupon. Thinking, yeah, exactly. So I just want to make that clear unless she was thinking in case she was thinking about it and then realized I don't have a penis. Yeah. Good clarification. Good. I think you still, still a good deal for you, Kim. Yeah. yeah, I think you sold her. Right. She's a, <laughs> she's a lawyer. What? <laughs> Going to law school. She's thinking about it anyway. Okay. Be a so, lawyer. so she's not a lawyer. She's no, a rich person that- who wants a thing. <laughs> so she's a lawyer. <laughs> All right. Also... I should add that if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Chris, Eric, Nicholas, Ben, other Chris, Dr. Dan, I, Duck, Jake, Jezball, Brandon, Matt, Christopher, Cole, C, Sawyer, Crystal, John, and Borderline Rhetorical whose beautiful dicks and vaginas got feet down below their knee. Hold you in his armchair. You can feel his disease come together right now over me. Nice. Nice. All right. Well done. That verse is fucking crazy, by the way. Yeah. Every fucking word in that song that's is insane. That's the crazy part. Yes, it's yeah. a good drug. Yeah. He, he, he bad production. He got walrus gumboot. Walrus gumboot? I'm in a nightmare hellscape fever dream now. He got Ono sideboard. I don't, that's just noises. He, he drug, won man. spinal cracker. It's, it's it's a good song filled with bad jobs. It's an amazing yes. song. I think that's my yeah, favorite Beatles song. Yeah. yeah. And what? and that's where feet go, by the way, below your knee. So that's not yep. a weird 
thing. Anyway, maybe he was trying not to. That's anger the, God. that's the line that makes the most sense in the entire fucking song. Don't don't screw with that one. Okay, but again, hold you in his armchair, you can feel his disease. That's fucking terrifying. What? <laughs> come on. Followed by come it. together right now over me. It's a weird uncle thing in an arm. I don't I don't like any of that. Come on, love, you're going to visit your uncle. He's got a he's got a rash. You're covered. <laughs> you all jerk off on him. Okay. Great music. Great music. Weird. What if lyrics. they're not feeling financially benevolent like those fine people? Uh well, whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people. If you enjoyed our brand of whimsy, thank you, Eli, for that amazing segue. And you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slonick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. Don't Google sounding. <laughs>I would like to know what that is now. You said with his nope. pinky, it was a dick pinky thing. You, you got to Google it. If you want to know, you got to Google it. I'm looking it up right now. I have a computer. Do it. What is sounding? Urban Dictionary is probably what I want to know. It's the insertion of plastic or metal sounds. What? Into a urethra. What? It's, it's, God, Jesus, really? It's a, it's a urethral stretcher so that you could eventually get a finger in there. <laughs> Did you know that, Eli? Yeah, that's exactly the reference I made. Jesus Christ. He said don't Google it. <laughs> Did you guys fuck in the Globe Theater? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you did. God damn it, I gotta go back now. (laughs) Stoop! (laughs) One of us fucked in the Globe Theater. (laughs) (laughs) That counts. Okay. She looked like she was having a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Giorgio was cool. Fun times. We got lunch together. Rome's a fun place. (laughs) I'm suing you. I don't think you've read anything by David Foster Wallace. I have read everything by David Foster Wallace. Have you? Name a thing by David Foster Wallace. I wish I <laughs> give me one second. <laughs> Let me just remember Bananas with my on fire. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Can't just type in Foster, guys. No, nope, that'll, that'll get you. <laughs> Got to get all three names. So stupid. I love that's the name you went with, though. The middle one, though. That's good. Because Wallace. It's the average. It's the average between the three names. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.